lot of people think that's old school or whatever, but call me old. I'm comfortable with that. I have it everywhere I want to have it. Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to episode number 193 of Unscripted, a very special deep night episode of Unscripted, which means we're drinking, and we'll get to that in a second. But first, I want to thank the good time player man, the caretaker of coolers, crystal awards, celluloid buttons, can coolers, crayons, and ceramic mugs, Kirby Hossman, for joining me, Bill Petrie, on this podcast. Kirby, welcome to the podcast you helped create. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, it's, I'm excited to do a little deep night, which is yep. always kind of fun, a little different. I think you you call it wheels off, which I like yep. that a little bit. And so I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be fun. How are you, bud? I'm doing great. The wheels should start flying off around the 10-minute mark, so <laughs> stay tuned for that. Um, but I'm, I'm actually uh, feeling great. It's been an interesting day. Mm. But you know what else is great, Kirby? What's that, Bill? That'd be our good time player friends at Common Skew. You know we love them. We love them we oh do. so much. If there's a big heart right now popping over my head like this. Yes, a big heart. You know, Common Skew, as we've talked about in the past, designed and built by distributors for distributors. That means they understand the promotional products industry and the challenges the modern distributor faces. I always like to pick a few things to talk about Common Skew, and here's what I'd like to talk about today. And Kirby, you can attest to this. They keep your sales life organized. Mm-hmm. It lets you see all your projects in one place, know if you're on track to hit your sales goals, stay on top of the tasks needed to move any project forward and it's going to help you manage your customer relationships we all look for that ideal crm tool mm, yeah. um, but commiscue does such a great job with that it captures all your client information and interactions in one place helps you stay on top of every single detail during the sales cycle creating notes setting reminders statusing leads and using tags kirby i know that's probably one of your favorite functions well and i'll be honest with you early on i didn't utilize it if I'm yeah. being honest. And I remember the day that I was like, oh, this is a piece that I'm not utilizing. And it's it, not only do you track your meetings, your calls, your notes, but it's not about tracking activity just to track activity because I think right. none of us need busy work. But the idea of saying, hey, I had this meeting and I need to follow up with this presentation. The, right. the CRM piece, the reminder piece is the part that was a game changer, a legitimate game changer for me and the sales team, you know, and our sales team as well. And so, yeah, I, I think that's an underutilized feature and one that makes a huge difference. That's awesome. So basically we're saying don't be like Kirby. Yes. Get on Common Skew Always. and use that function immediately. Yes. Don't wait to use it because that's just dumb. You have yeah. all these wonderful tools. We've talked about them in the past. And that's, Kirby, that's a great testimonial. It's like a negative reverse extra special super negative positive yeah. testimonial. We say, we say don't be like Kirby a lot on this podcast. Actually. Don't be like Kirby. But from ideation to invoicing, Comiskey is going to help keep you and your team connected at all stages of the workflow. Learn more at Comiskey.com slash unscripted Kirby. Are they going to be sorry that they did? They will not be sorry they did. All right, so we mentioned uh, that this is episode number 193 of Unscripted. We're doing something called Deep Night Unscripted. So if you've never uh, heard that before, or in this case, see it, what we do is Kirby and I have a mandatory uh, a cocktail or two before we start recording, and then we have a cocktail while recording. So Kirby, what are you drinking this evening? 
Oh, oh, oh. that sounds I've like a Lagunitas. a ginormous Lagunitas IPA. I, okay. I actually asked for a six-pack of IPA when I did a drive-through in Coshocton. Yeah. They didn't have Classy. a six-pack, but they had pounders. So. Okay. So you're going to pour your beer while yes. you're doing that. I am having a little bit of rye, some piggyback uh, 100% rye. I love a good rye over a giant ice cube in my promo corner. My promo corner highball, or I'm uh, sorry, old-fashioned glass. We're going to pour that over ice. It's going to melt a little bit. Oh, that looks, doesn't that look delicious there? It looks nice. It's got nice vanilla notes to it, Kirby. I've had the Lagunitas. It's got a nice hoppy bite to it. So I think we've got some great beverages here to enjoy while we broadcast at a uh, ball, um, malt and barley level. Too. Yeah, I was going to say, it's going to have something to do with alcohol. Yeah. All right. All right. You want to start us off with the topic, Kirby? Yeah, sure. Uh, look, the reality of it is, I mean, this is a fun podcast. We do the deep night stuff, and it's fun. Yeah. However, yeah. the reality of it is, as we record this, um, you know, I texted you this morning yep. to ask if you were alive. I uh, did. You did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and I'm not. I'm not trying to be funny about that. I really no. like. I'm, I emailed you, and then I was like. I'm going to text him just to be sure. And it was early, early in the morning. Yeah. Uh, Nashville was hit by a horrendous uh, tornado. Tornadoes, yeah. And I think, you know, I've told you that that is like my greatest fear when it comes to weather. And so you uh, obviously live in that area. Nashville mm-hmm. was affected. The promo industry was affected. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about it? And uh, yeah. Then, honestly, as we spin it forward, I'd like to discuss there's a lot of fundraisers out there that maybe we can touch on, too. Yeah, that'd be great. So um, this we're recording this Tuesday night. We're doing a little early this week just for, for fun. And uh, uh, I'll be honest with you, Kirby. Um, so the tornadoes hit Nashville. Um, I live south of Nashville about 15, 10 to 15 miles. And so the tornadoes that hit were about 12, 13 miles from my house. Wow. Um, I was woken up by thunderstorms. I grew up in Texas. I am so used to waking up to a thunderstorm and frankly, tornadoes too, but waking up to a thunderstorm going, huh? Okay. And rolling back over and going to sleep. And that's exactly what I did. I didn't realize that the tornadoes hit Nashville until my phone started blowing up this morning and you, you are a big part of that. Um, and the, the destruction is devastating to be very candid with you. Um, I've lived in Nashville for about 10 years now. Yeah, the pictures are unbelievable. Well, and, and one of uh, my close friends is affected by it, Stephanie Protz. Oh, who her pictures worked... are off the charts. Yeah. Yeah, so for those of you who know Stephanie, Stephanie worked in the promotional products industry for darn near 15 years. Mm-hmm. And her and her fiancé, um, their house was uh, right in the path of it. And their neighborhood is absolutely uh, devastated, and that is a, probably an understatement. So I texted her with her this morning, um, you know, what can I do? How can I help? What do you, what do you want? Um, they're okay. Uh, the neighborhood is, is kind of trashed, um, as you can probably imagine. You know, it's one of those things where, again, growing up in Texas, I, I expect the occasional tornado. So I don't get wigged out by it like a lot of other people. Um, in terms of the fact that, uh, you know, I, I get tornadoes are a reality of life in my mind. So, um, but here it's not. And for people here, it's, it's a very devastating thing. Like I said, I've lived here 10 years. I came here right after what was um, called a thousand year flood, uh, mm-hmm. a flood that really impacted the city. And, and so you see these murals all over the city called, I believe, or titled, I believe in Nashville. And yeah, those yeah. were painted after the flood in 2010. And what is uh, amazing to me is the way this city comes together. 
um, uh, kind of, it reminds me a lot of New York City. I lived in New York City during 9-11, and the way the city came together today reminded me a lot of that, to be honest with you, Kirby. Uh, Edley's Barbecue uh, set up shop and said free sandwiches for anybody who wants to come by. Uh, the Nashville Predators, who play in Bridgestone Arena downtown Nashville, uh, opened up and they serve pizza all day long to anybody who needed food. Wow. And so it's really, um, again, it's one of those things that galvanizes the community. Yeah. Um, I volunteered. I'll be in Mount Juliet this weekend, from what I understand, uh, cooking barbecue for the volunteers, helping nice. clean up. I'm a little... Uh, too old probably to do a lot of the heavy lifting. I think there are people younger than me that can do that a far more effectively and efficiently than I can. But my plan is to uh, be uh, cooking uh, barbecue for, for people and helping out any way I can. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's one of those things. It's just reality. Uh, I Thankfully, you know, I know something inked. They're here. They were not super affected um, other than, you know, obviously just in the area. I know uh, Andy Strauss and the good folks over at Goldner. Um, they didn't have power today, but I know that all their team members uh, safe, sound, and accounted for, and that's obviously the most important thing. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, but, and I, I don't know as of as we're recording. I'm sure as this drops, yeah. power will have been restored. Uh, but it's just one of those things, you know. When a tornado hits downtown area, it's not good. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I, I will tell you, it's it, that is the message. It's fascinating. I mean. Obviously, I know you, but I know quite a few people in the Nashville area. That's really, it's funny how that's evolved in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, from, I think you reposted a Brad Paisley uh, thing. Yeah. John Acuff has posted about it. Some people who are pretty prominent. And the message is, wow, it's amazing how we come together. And so that's really cool. Um, so I know that there are... And, and I'm not looking for you to know it off the top of your head, but yeah, because um, I don't. Yeah, and that's fine. But maybe we can link it up, right? We can put it in. The, I'll put some. I'll put it in the uh, promo corner links where you can donate. Um, yeah. Where you can either donate money or f- food or whatever. I mean, yeah. the, the fact is, you know, as of as we're recording, is 22 people have passed away and 175, I think, are in the hospital. Wow. I mean, in terms of, of scale, it's probably not as big as a lot of other things, but. You know, Nashville, as as much as Nashville has grown in the past decade since I've been here, it is still a very small town. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, it's pretty devastating. But uh, as as humans, I believe humans are a resilient race and and we will get through this and uh, Nashville will be stronger because of it. Well, I appreciate your perspective. And so I but I did want to bring it up because obviously that is the uh, thing right now. So uh, Mm -hmm. cool. What's next? Okay, so let's move on. Um, I want to move on to a great article, and thank you for that, by the way. Mm-hmm. I, you know, this is one of those things. As I, pl- we, we actually do plan this podcast. We just don't tell each other what we're planning, right? And so, as I was planning to do this podcast, the lead thing I wanted to talk about, and that beer looks really good, Kirby. <laughs> um, I know you. I don't think you'd like this. I don't think you'd like the yeah, little. I'm not a big whiskey guy, but oh, that's this is rye, sir. I, I, uh, but I it's don't rye know whiskey. the difference that shows me. Oh, we need to do a whole podcast on the, <laughs> the subtle differences between whiskey, Tennessee whiskey, rye, bourbon. Oh, you bet. Okay. Um, but one of the things I want to talk about there was a really, really great article, and I don't. I'm hoping you read it, or I'm hoping at the very least you're aware of it. But if not, you're okay. You're not going to be blindsided here. It's fine. So Chris, Chris Ruvo over at ASI wrote a tremendous article uh, called The Truth About Selling and Sourcing Direct. 
Okay. Uh, and and what <laughs> what it's very interesting is so talking about how more and more distributors in the promotional products industry are sourcing directly overseas, and they're doing it. Obviously, they get you know maybe some more competitive pricing, maybe greater profits. Obviously, there's risk reward, but there's really a double stamp. Did I just oh. crack my voice like Peter Brady? Yes. Whoa. There's really a double standard there. It's, you know, it's supp- literally the first thing I thought of. Yeah. <laughs> Suppliers are like supervillains if they deign <laughs> to even approach an end user client. But if a distributor source is direct, suppliers are supposed to kind of look the other way. Hey, okay, you got to do what you got to do. And, and there was one anecdote in here, and I think it was from uh, AAA Innovations. He was hit up by an end user, passed the lead to a distributor. Distributor sold said product. Big order. And you know where I'm going here. There was a reorder. The distributor went direct overseas, which is, to me, is just shady. It's just so shady. Um, You know, distributors argue that it's more than just price. It's controlling the process, like testing and manufacturing. and. But to me, that's Maybe. bullshit. Yeah, I got to be honest bullshit, with you. Yeah. To me, and here's the most interesting thing that I want you to just to go riff, just go. Two questions that ASI asked in this article, and the poll answers are just so telling. They asked distributors, "Do you believe it's appropriate for distributors?" So they asked distributors this question: "Do you believe it's appropriate for distributors to source directly from factories overseas?" Equal 50-50 split. I don't know how many people they asked. Okay. Let's assume it was a, a, a measurable amount, okay? 50-50. Yep. Then they asked distributors, oh, do no. you believe it's appropriate <laughs> for suppliers to sell direct to end buyers instead of going through a distributor? 91% said no. <sighs> you can't have it both ways, Kirby. Uh, no, I, you, you, I, I, this is one of those things where... So here's the thing. I think that one of the things that you would say... Um, and I'm, I'm going to try and play a little bit of devil's advocate here because I think you know that I agree with you on this, is that we as distributors hold suppliers up to a standard that we are unwilling to meet. And by yep. the way, I don't just mean about going direct. Right. <laughs> like I, I mean about processes. I mean about mm-hmm. rebates. I mean about all this stuff. I think we hold suppliers up to a standard that we are unwilling to meet. I, I really believe that. Um and don't get me wrong, there are times where the, the uh, relationship is lopsided the other way too, and I point those out, right? Yeah, but absolutely. But my interest would be, and I'll, I'll tell you why, that I have no interest in going direct, and I just, I, I'll say it yeah. until the cows come home. I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert. I don't speak <clears throat> the language. I don't understand the process. I've never been to a factory. I don't feel safe doing this with my customers because I don't have the expertise and I know the suppliers who I work with do. The end, it's safer. Not for me, not because of lawsuits, because I don't want people to die because of my ignorance. Yeah. Period. No, and I think that's a great approach. It's not about protecting the traditional supply chain in the industry. Because honestly, I don't give a shit about that. I don't think you do either. It's about making sure... That you're providing safe, quality products safe. for your for your your buyers, and so I do see some points where distributors can and should maybe go direct to the source if they're large yeah. and it's a large customer where they do control the process. I do understand that because the the, the model is shifting a little bit. Yeah. But ninety percent. Here's the thing: if you're going to do that, which I understand, if if a distributor is going to do that, say hey. 
I have a $4 million order here. I need to be really invested in this process. Then don't get all butthurt when suppliers have 30, quote unquote, um, corporate accounts that they go after. And and by the way, you know I agree with you on that. Yeah, I know. Here's the pushback I would give you. The difference between that in the relationship is as a distributor, I'm a customer of the supplier. Mm -hmm. And as a supplier, you are not the customer of a distributor. Like I get what, and you know that I I agree with the idea of the partnership piece. So again, I don't do it, but I would say the idea that people would view it differently at least mm-hmm. a little bit differently to say, yeah, but I'm your customer and you're bypassing me as your customer. To me, that's the, the caveat that's a smidge different. Right. I still wouldn't do it, but I, I that's the piece I think is different. Well, I don't I, think it's 50-50 versus 90-10 different. No. To, to, me it's, I, to me, I think it's, look, there are going to be occasions, I think, where distributors, and, and maybe a better way to look at it is, hey, distributors, maybe be more involved in the process with your expert suppliers That's a great point. as they're sourcing stuff. Yeah. Because honestly, to me, that when you have that transparency, when you have that open relationship with the supplier, you're going to get all the things you need. Well, and you almost are sourcing direct. Yes. You're just using essentially a broker at a supplier who understands Thing, how things work in, in 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 China, and how it's going to work, and what this is, and how this is impacted, and Chinese New Year, and the coronavirus, and this, that, and the next thing. Yeah. Doing it yourself, I mean, you're talking about big, big, upfront uh, deposits and things like that. Yeah, I guess my liability. point is, yeah, I guess my <laughs> biggest point is, distributors want it both ways. And you can't have it both ways. You can't. The only way you can have it both ways is to really either decide, understand that suppliers may go direct and, and don't get butt hurt, or better off, involve your suppliers and not only involve them, get involved in the process. Understand how they're testing. Yeah. Understand what those standards are. Get the MSDS sheets, the material safety data sheets. Understand what you're selling to your customers and stop being lazy Yeah, and letting a supplier just do it all for you. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think, I think the idea of going through the process, and this is where I'm a little weird, and I was actually having this conversation in the office today. There's so many times where I want the information so I understand yeah. it. So I actually understand the value that a supplier might bring. Sure. I, because I think that, especially you're talking about ginormous order. That's what you were, you were saying. It was a big order, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's the part where you, if you have a real relationship with your suppliers, that you say to them, look, I understand how this works. You should well, make money. I should make money. But let's meet in the middle. And I think if you have a real respectful partnership, a real relationship, you actually can do that because well, you can have that dialogue. Well, and a lot of times you're actually going to get a better price through your supplier than you would trying to go direct on your own, and yeah. you wouldn't have to burn they have all the calories. Power. Yeah, and you wouldn't have to burn all the calories to do it. So that was really a great conversation, Kirby. You know what else is great? What's that, Bill? That'd be our mid podcast sponsor, the Good Good Strongs over at Tech Weld. Love Tech Weld. You know they're USA made in a world filled with worry regarding overseas products. We talked about the coronavirus just a second ago. They offer many USA-made products that is going to help you separate yourself from the promotional pack. And right now, obviously, hand sanitizers are huge, given everybody's concern and maybe a little overboard about the coronavirus outbreak. Um, Obviously, it's trending worldwide. 
But the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, is recommending that hand sanitizer and washing hands is probably your best way to prevent uh, spreading the disease. And they have many sanitizer SKUs that will help combat the spread of the virus. And they're FDA compliant uh, with all their products in this time of uncertainty. Knowledge that a product is fully FDA compliant is key. And that's going to help you, Kirby, or any distributor, allow, their, uh, know, allow your customer to feel at ease when placing an order. So you want to learn more about those great products over at TechWeld. And they're really good people. I've had a chance to really uh, sit with them for a long period of time. Dan Jenny, I think, is a friend of both of ours. Kirby, yeah. uh, National Accounts Manager over Dan's at TechWeld. Dan's a great guy. Visit TechWeld.com. You're not going to be sorry you did. Now, Kirby, do you have another topic for us? So, yeah. Actually, it's funny. I think it leads nicely into this next topic. I, I, I'm in one of those spaces where I've got a bunch of topics. I didn't know where I was going to go, but you lead it, you led right into it. Uh, so the coronavirus it is the topic du jour of the media right now. I, and I don't know how much I want to dig into this, but I'm just kind of curious to know yeah. your take on it. But this is the first time. Like people talk about the sensationalistic uh, nature of our media, yes, <clears throat> and I've complained about it a little bit. And there's, you know, it's generally speaking, it's generally speaking, it, you know, the biggest thing that I have an issue about is the political side. You've got uh, one going here, one going here. The coronavirus is the first time in my adult life that I've ever felt actually unsafe. Mm-hmm. because of the sensationalistic uh, nature Approach. of our yeah. national media. They have no damn idea what mm-hmm. is actually going on, but that does not keep them from spending 20 minutes out of a 30-minute broadcast trying to scare the shit out of a population that I'm not, I don't know. I, I'll yeah. be the first to say I don't know. But I'm not convinced it's not the flu. No, I agree. So, Kirby, <laughs> you know it's interesting. Right here. It says it right there. You know it's interesting. Um, here's the deal. I don't know when. I know it's happened. I just don't know exactly when. I don't know when news stopped becoming a public service mm. and started becoming a ratings TV show. It was about when they started um, selling ads. Yeah, well, but no, I disagree. I mean, they sold ads in the 60s and 70s, and, and it was never like that. It started it happened somewhere in the 80s, is my guess, but that's beside the point. So there's the old saying, if it bleeds, it leads. And uh, unfortunately, you know, it's kind of like where you live. You know, how many snowmageddons do you get potentially a year? Because, man, we better panic. We better panic hardcore about the snow. It's the same thing with the coronavirus. And that's not to say that the coronavirus isn't serious. But when you look at it in in a vacuum and you juxtapose it to the flu or SARS or the, the, the bird flu, whatever it was a few years ago, it's it's not as serious, and and that's not to say it can't or, become or, serious. Or is it? Or is it not? That's I think that, that's, that's really the thing is that yeah. I truly don't know what to believe. And we're talking right. about ABC. We're no. talking about CBS. We're talking about you know we're talking no, about major I don't news. I don't think any of us know. And so you know it's one of those things we like to as a society we gravitate towards things that we feel are impacting us. Yeah. Um, I spent an inordinate amount of time today looking at stuff that was going on with the Nashville tornadoes. Sure. Um, I will be flying, you know, in the next month or so. 
I'm wondering, so I do think about the coronavirus. So, you know, your original question is, you know, I, I don't know the answer to it. I, I don't think anybody does. You know, there, wash your hands. Don't touch people. Yeah. It'll probably be okay. So my per- personal favorite, you know, I just got back from Mexico. I do. Everybody was wearing like the mask. Everybody. There was, there were a percentage of people wearing masks. And I will tell you, and this is a video thing, so forgive me, but a bunch, I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking a high percentage, 75% of the people wearing masks were wearing them like this. Yeah. So what Kirby's <laughs> showing is they're wearing it over their mouths only and not their nose. You know, here, here's the thing. Um, they're, That's they're, a Darwin effect, people. Yeah, it is. Look, we, we are, <laughs> I don't know if you know who Dr. Drew Pinsky is. He mm. used to host Love Line with Adam Carolla a million yes. years ago. And he freaked out. Dr. And I loved Drew it. freaked out about the media, saying, You have no idea what you're talking about. And by the and way, I agree. I do too. Yeah. He's a doctor. And he's not just a love doctor, he's an actual doctor. But what he was saying was, Look, this is something we need to pay attention to. And it probably will become a pandemic. I mean, it, it, by definition, it probably will become a pandemic. But it's one of those things that we will get a control over, and it'll be just fine. If it, it, he said, and I, this is, it's funny yeah. because I said this to my family, and then I did see what he said, and I'm like, oh, that's if everything is an emergency, nothing's an emergency. Yeah, and I think in this moment. The media, and again, I you know this. I don't slam on the media all the no. time. This is a place where I think that they are being almost criminal. Look in their in their their responsibility about this. Well, here's the thing: there is no accountability. We've talked about this before. There's no accountability in the media, so you can say whatever you want. I mean, heck, like we talked about, I was, ta- I was looking at the uh, Nashville stuff today. How many people died? <coughs> Excuse me. It fluctuated all day long because I got to be the first to report it. Yeah. I don't worry. Don't care if I'm right. I just want to be first. And again, if I have a special on tonight about the impact of the coronavirus, if you're traveling in the next three weeks, there's going to be a ton of people that watch it. I have a friend, one of my really good friends. His daughter is a uh, sophomore at Oklahoma State University. Mm-hmm. She was traveling abroad in Italy. Yeah, Italy. Uh, he big, spent yeah. he spent all day working on travel arrangements to bring her home. Yeah. And and I'm not saying that's not the wrong thing to do or not the right thing to do. I'm not sure what it is. It's but just we don't know. We're all feeding into this <laughs> yes. panic. We're a panic society now, and we unfortunately <clears throat> need the news to tell us how we need to panic. Yeah, but I, I think that's my frustration about it is that yeah. you just go. I mean, again, I was just in Mexico, and people are like, what, you know, what, was it bad? Was it this? Was it that? I'm like, I don't know. I washed my hands after I peed and I didn't wear a mask and here I am. It's yeah. fine. Awesome, Kirby. So I've got I've got a quick topic I want to discuss, but do you have something before then you want to go over real quick? Yeah, we'll make it super quick. This is a so I have a, a laptop, like I think most of us do at this point. Or, you know, I'm sure desktop, whatever, but I have a laptop and it my laptop's starting to get slow. And and I yep. think it's one of those where we start to get really impatient. Yep. And then I realized I looked back and I have a Mac, MacBook Air, and I bought it 2013. Uh-huh. Whoa. What? Yeah. How long should a, a laptop last, Bill? Okay. So, my <laughs> uh, Kirby, I actually have a hot opinion about this. I think la- the life of a laptop is three to four years. So, um, seven's pretty good. Yeah, for but Captain you run, as long as do you keep. <laughs> 
your files in the cloud or do you keep them local on your laptop or yes? I'd say yes. I'd say mostly on laptop, but we we, we are transferring files so much that, you know what I mean? Like, so emails on the cloud. I'm sorry. I got to pour more for this conversation. Yeah. So, <laughs> so much for this being a quick one. <laughs> yeah. So here's what I would tell you. I'm a big fan of Dropbox. And the reason I'm a big fan of Dropbox because it keeps it in the cloud and on my uh, desktop for yeah. quick access. I know a lot of people think that's old school or whatever, but call me old. I'm comfortable with that. I have it everywhere I want to have it. Um, I, I think you should probably start looking. It's one yeah. of those things. It's like when you get a car, there comes a point where things start happening. And do you wait till that one day where it just at the start? Yeah, right. Or do you, are you proactive? I always say something, you know, it's funny. Someone has a flat tire or their car battery dies. And they would say, oh, my gosh, of course, today of all days. Yeah. And all I ever think about whenever I see that is you're getting in your car to go somewhere. So if it doesn't work, you're going to be inconvenienced. So no matter when that happens, it's going to suck. Yeah, the day of all days is going yeah. to be whatever day that happens. I, yeah. No, and, but I was pretty pleased. I'm like, oh, seven years, not bad. Maybe, uh, well, maybe it's I, not so bad. Because I'm a giver, I'm going to help you out here because obviously <laughs> you're in the market for a computer. I don't know if you're familiar with Radio Shack. They have something called the TRS-80. Um, it's got a great green screen, and it's going to really hook you up. And it's got not only a 5.5-inch floppy disk, an 8-and-3-quarter-inch floppy disk. So I think it's got you covered. It's a nice machine. Wow. Yeah, it only weighs 80 pounds, too, so <laughs> cheers to that. So the last thing I really wanted to discuss, Kirby, is this is episode number 193. Okay. And I don't think when you and I started talking about doing a podcast, and, and, and just for real very quick, the idea was we would have conversations constantly. And, I, again, I don't remember if it was you or me. It really doesn't matter. But we talked about we should record this. This, is, this would be fun to record. And that was the genesis of Unscripted is because we never knew each other, what each other would bring up. So we're heading over to episode 200. Which is crazy. And we don't know what to do with that, to be very candid with you. We have no freaking clue what to do with that. So we're asking you, the listener, to help us out. We're open to anything. Do we have a couple of guest hosts who talk about Unscripted and maybe what they like about it, what they don't like about it? Do we do Kirby and I recap some of our favorite moments from the last 200 episodes, which is almost four years now. Do we do the same old show? Just shut up and just do a show and not deal with it. What do you want us to do? So please either uh, comment in uh, on the Unscripted page or Promo Corner page on Facebook uh, or on CommonSkew or Twitter, wherever. Just comment somewhere or you can email me, Bill at PromoCorner.com. You can email Kirby at Kirby at HossamanMarketing.com. What do you want us to do? We're approaching it. We're seven weeks away. Kirby, what should we do? I'm confused. I'm concerned. I, actually, I need a drink. I actually really like the idea of uh, asking the audience about this. I mean, yeah. I, you know, because it's video now that, you know, my first inclination, of course, was for us to go shirtless. But I think no on that. Um, and <laughs> Uh, so yeah, no, I, I'm excited to no. hear what people have an opinion about. Otherwise, we'll come up with something because we always yeah. do. The the for shirtless weeks in a row. Yeah, the shirtless thing gets a the traditional review of thumbs down, brother. Um, 
no, not doing that. Um, but no, we'd love to know. Let us know. Let us know what you want us to do. So uh, that is our ask of you. We very rarely ask for things on the podcast, so we're really asking. Yes. Uh, what do you want us to do? And and honestly, we're open to anything. I think honestly, Kirby and I'd like a week off. So if a couple people want to do the podcast <laughs> for us, it'd be pretty awesome. All right. So Kirby, yeah. you are up this week. We're about to talk about the promo person of the week, the one person that's dedicated to highlight the one uh, the, who's getting our attention in the industry. Age matter? Nope. nope. Gender? Nope. Affiliation? No. Nope. Shockingly enough, none of that matters. Who's grabbing your attention this week, Kirby, in the promotional products, marketing, advertising, specialties, industry for people? I love it. And so you kind of inspired me a couple weeks ago oh, when you're like, hey, no. I want to talk about people who aren't always on the forefront. And I think yeah. this week is the perfect example of that for me. Uh, this is someone who works at PPAI who I think has her hand specifically on so much of the messaging that goes out and kind of makes sure that I think PPAI is on the right track. I mean, I've, I've talked to Paul uh, many times where he's like, hey, I want to run it by this person. And mm-hmm. I, to me, it's, it's Kim Tadora. Kim yeah. Tadora. Great choice. Who, yeah, who really, again, is one of those unsung heroes in our industry, but also in the association who just makes sure that we are presenting our industry in the best possible mm-hmm. way. And oh, by the way, she's super nice. Yeah. And, uh, it, and she's always been so supportive of all the things that, that uh, I've done. And it's like, it's so interesting because she will keep an eye on what's best for PPI while still being able to keep an eye on, hey, I want to help this person out as well. And so Kim is my promo person of the I think this is a great choice. Kim is kind of one of those unsung heroes at PPAI. If you ever see Paul traveling for specific things, a lot of times you'll see uh, a quite fetching uh, young lady with him, and that is Kim. Kim is uh, one of the nicest humans on the planet, quite frankly. You said it yourself, Kirby. She is a true gem and uh, not only cares about the association, like I love people who care about the organization they work for, she cares about the industry. And so she tells great stories. I remember when she and Paul were down here a year and a half ago for the kickoff of Promotional Products Work Week, Mm -hmm. um, she was invaluable in terms of really telling that story. And uh, I know Paul would be lost without her, and I can say that because I've got a podcast and Paul doesn't. <laughs> so, and by the way, he, she's coming to Geshockton here in a couple months. So, oh, that's right, because you guys that. are kicking off yeah. promotional products work with there. I assume Paul is joining her as yep. well. Yep. Awesome, that's great. So, Kim, your virtual box of high fives is sitting in Kirby's office, waiting to be gathered at a time of your choosing. So yep. now, Kirby, we're the best thing ever, and 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 quite <clears throat> frankly, we're starting to run out of ideas on this. So I'm, I'm this is a reach today. This is an absolute reach. Yep. So today is Super Tuesday. It's an election year for the United States. And I thought, okay, and I know your answer to this already. And so this kind of already negates the fact I shouldn't even ask it. What is the best non-USA country in the world? (laughs) So you're going to say I'm going to say Mexico. Yeah. Uh, Best non-USA country in the world. That's really easy. I mean, because Mexico, I want to visit all the time. I think Canada. 
I'm going to go Canada. Okay. Um, because not only are they sort of a, our partners up north, but I think at this point, uh, from a political perspective, they're inspiring us to look at how they do things versus how we do things. I don't know that America is necessarily looking to Mexico to say, hey, I want to do stuff just like they do. I think mm-hmm. there's a bunch of things we're looking at Canada uh, looking at and saying, hey, maybe this is how we should run things. So okay. I go Canada. So I love that answer, and thank you for surprising me on some level. I was going to go Paraguay. <laughs> some level. Um, I was going to go Paraguay or Papua New Guinea. Well, sure. Um, well, of course. I mean, yeah. or, or possibly Luxembourg. Um, honestly, this answer will probably surprise some people. I'm going to go France. I'm going to go France, and I'll tell you why. I, I visited France um, about a year after, so I guess it was 2002, right after 9-11, mm. and absolutely fell in love with the country. Um, okay. I, I took French in, in high school, um, so I speak very little bit of Fran- French, but found the people to be, uh, because I, I made speak the... speak a very little bit of France. Yeah, well, <laughs> shut up, Kirby. Um, there's the opener right there. There it is. There's your opener right there. Um, I speak a little bit of French, and what I found is... The, I, I tried, and the people found that very endearing. Mm. And I always joke yeah. um, that if I ever disappear, you can probably fry, find me on the Champs-Élysées at a cafe just kind of watching the world go by. There's something I love about France that I don't love about every other country. And, and yeah, I know they're a little bit of elitist. I know they don't love Americans all that much, but there's something about that country that uh, I think if you make the effort when you're there, um, it really is it becomes a different country, right? You're not just a tourist, a passive tourist. If you're an active tourist, if you try to engage people where they want to be engaged, it changes everything. And I have not visited France in the interest of transparency, but I have heard that exact thing where people are like, look, if you don't assume that they mm-hmm. speak your language because you're yeah. not in your country. Right. If you try, um, people there have been very gracious. I mean, I find that in Mexico. I find that yeah. in uh, many countries. If you are working hard to understand, and I think that's the, the knock on Americans, right? Is that yep. you know, we expect everybody that, to yes. cater to us? Yeah, and which is I I find embarrassing. Well, I do too, and yeah. I, so I find if you kind of. Um, metaphorically genuflect in front of people yeah. and kind of say, hey, I don't know what I'm doing here. Please help. People are people, and they still yeah. want to help. So I, I, I pick agree. France. You pick Canada, two great countries. And honestly, uh, there's probably not a wrong answer except for um, Egypt. I'm just kidding. I'm, there's no wrong answer there. I just offended somebody, I'm sure. But you know who I'm not going to offend is our title sponsor, uh, our good pals at Common Skew. You know, we talk about that platform that's designed and built by distributors for, for distributors. I'm sorry. Okay, I just yeah. was waiting for you to fill that okay, in. Okay, sorry. I was... No, that means they understand the promotional products industry and the challenges the modern distributor faces. We talked about how it's going to keep your sales life organized. It's going to manage your customer relationships. I actually really loved your testimonial today, Kirby, how you didn't use that for a long time. And then when you finally did, it was like, wow, why haven't I used this before? That's totally. actually 
possibly my favorite testimonial for common skew ever on this broadcast so if you want to learn more and honestly why wouldn't you it's a tremendous platform it doesn't cost you a dime to learn a little bit more about something that might improve your business go ahead and visit commonskew.com slash unscripted you're not going to be sorry you did kirby we ran a little long but that's the way deep night goes i give a cheers to you as i raise my near empty glass of uh, piggyback ride to your lagunitas uh, ipa and wish you a hearty Good evening. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.